I tell you to be different and creative and think this way. A much used business cliche. Kayla. What is outside the box? You got it. We're flying high with the wings and talking all things lacrosse. You're now listening to the Outside the Box podcast right here on Underground Sports Philadelphia. Everybody, welcome back to the final episode of 2021 for the allegedly award-nominated Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. It's your boy KB. It's DJ coming at you from Underground Studios. We got a lot to dive into to wrap up this unreal year of 2021 uh, with the lacrosse world and everything that's gone on. Uh, but before we get started, big thank you to our sponsors who allow myself and DJ to ramble about lacrosse, talk to personalities in this freaking space, and be absolute nimrods each and every week. Tomahawk Shades, the best small badge eyewear in the game. You guys can go to TomahawkShades.com, use our promo code USP at checkout, you get 25% off the sunglasses, blue light glasses, and DJ, I don't know if you saw, they re-released a new run of Trevor Baptiste Speedboy sunglasses. Ooh. It's a new run. The Speed Boys are out. Get your speed up. TomahawkShades.com. And you can get 25% off the Speed Boy glasses with our code USP. Our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the Surfside Vodka Iced Teas at StatesideVodka.com. It's not carbonated. It's only 100 calories. Barely any like additives. It's that real vodka, real tea. StatesideVodka.com, Surfside Iced Teas, and Vodka. StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And the boys over at Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And please drink responsibly. I'm going to start saying this at the beginning of the episodes as well as the end of the episodes. Follow us on the socials. Follow us on the socials. Follow DJ, follow myself. You know where to follow us at OTB Laxpod, Twitter and Instagram. Blow up the socials at SCS underscore next great at KBICZL311. Follow, follow, follow. Subscribe to the podcast. Five star reviews on Apple Podcasts really helps more people find the show. We've grown a lot over the past couple of weeks on social. So it helps more people find out that we're an actual podcast, not just a Twitter account, too. Five stars, five stars on Apple Podcasts, five star ratings on Spotify. Do the damn thing. OTB Nation, let's go. DJ, this episode was supposed to come out today. Supposed to come out this morning. And then old Uncle Rona came around, changed up some guidelines. And unfortunately, a a short week of lacrosse where we were only going to have three games, but we were going to have Thursday Night Lacrosse and New Year's Eve Lacrosse was postponed until later on in the season. 
I totally understand. I'm totally fine in terms of the grand scheme of things that this all happened. But the the envy in our souls that we unfortunately didn't have the first Thursday night lacrosse in NLL history, I think, allegedly, don't fact check me, um, and New Year's Eve lacrosse snatched from under our our feet was uh, pretty tough to just come to terms with. And it's like, damn, we were, we were about to blow up the internet in a, a peak time where it's like a real dead period in sports. And uh, unfortunately had to get postponed. Totally agree with everything the NLL had to do. Makes total sense. Totally understand. But just a being a, a jealous and being a you know greedy, selfish person in terms of just wanting more lacrosse kind of bummed yeah i definitely was bummed uh, i was looking forward to not only thursday lacrosse but new year's eve and just we were already on the bye week last week with the holidays and nobody wanted to see another bye week back to back totally understandable but i was excited to get back to filling my weekends with watching lacrosse it is amazing to tell people no i cannot hang out with you because i'm watching lacrosse and i will be head Head deep into my phone on Twitter all day. Facts. Um, so we're just, you know, itching and scratching. We're like that Dave Chappelle meme. Y'all got any of that lacrosse? Just waiting over here for uh, the next week of, of NLL action. Um, good to see a couple guys coming off the COVID list, though, in the NLL. Corey Small and Alex Krepensek got activated today as we record this on Thursday for the wings, which is great to see. And hopefully everybody else dealing with COVID that is on the COVID protocol list in the NLL is you know healthy i checked in as well on Corey small uh when he got placed on the list and luckily he was only you know suffering from mild symptoms nothing crazy his wife is totally fine too um and she she tested negative which was great um so hopefully everybody that is you know dealing with covid player wise family wise everything like that getting healthy and getting back to where they need to be um it's also first episode since the holidays. Hope everybody had a good Christmas. If you celebrate good Kwanzaa, if you celebrate boxing day, if you celebrate, uh, as you can probably see on the video clip here, DJ and I now have matching hats. We called each other before this to make sure we were wearing them. Um, I mean, you saw, you saw me with, uh, my good Christmas goodies for, uh, PLL gear. DJ got a shit ton of stuff (laughs) to say the least. Um, but I added to the the very hilarious, like almost one of a kind jersey collection that I have. Got the Chris Hogan Cannons jersey. Had to had to rep the sponsy right there. You know what I mean? Had, had to rep the owner of of Tomahawk Shades. Uh, and I feel like not a lot of people are gonna have a Chris Hogan Cannons jersey either. Uh, Chris Hogan liked the tweet. Chris, come on the pod. I fe- we we are the only lacrosse podcast. That has not had Chris Hogan on their podcast. I kind of take pride in it, but I also feel like it's a slap in the face because Tomahawk Shades is a sponsor of ours, Chris. What are we doing? Let's get on the pod. Come on. Let's make this happen. That's going on Twitter. Um, <laughs> we uh, So we had the cancellation. DJ, what was your favorite uh, lacrosse? PLL, lacrosse, whatever it may be, uh, Christmas gift. Ooh. Gotta narrow it down for you because you got like a King's Hall. <laughs> oh man, you're making it so hard. Cause I mean I'm loving crew necks. That thing is fire. 
big fan of that. This cannot be the best. I got that PLO bucket hoodie. Love it, but <sighs> you also got the shorts before. I don't know if we talked about that last week when you were in Flow Rider. Um, best shorts on the planet. Just saying. Yeah, those shorts are amazing. I don't think those. It's probably gonna have to be the cream, uh, the cream founders tee. That that thing is sick. All those different logos on the back is unreal. I got the rope hat that we called for on this pod. Kind of claiming that as an OTB brainchild, too, by the way. Like, we said, why do the water dogs only get nice things? Why can't we have every team in the league getting, you know, rope hats and everything? Because they're in. They are the new the new flex. If you have a rope hat, you're doing things right with your brand. And uh, very happy that the PLL listened to us, being that we are, you know, Redwoods fans. Shout out. Uh... And gave us Redwoods rope hats because these things are fuego, brother. I was jealous that you had yours before me in terms of being able to wear it. I put this thing on. I said, I ain't never taking this shit off. <laughs> this no, thing is gas. This is the only like trucker hat I've ever liked. Like it has such, such a trucker feeling, but like. And it's not even like, like a true trucker hat because it doesn't have that mesh back. But the rope hat vibe is immaculate. Big fan of it's very vintage. It's very nineties, very eighties. Like big fan of the rope hat phase we're in now in terms of snapbacks. Oh, absolutely. Definitely will be copying the water dogs rope hat when it's back. Yeah, put it back in stock. We need that thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't get it before the woods, but now that I've got this one, I Yeah. This was this was the brainchild and we needed to get it just like the uh, the the chrome. Miami Vice jersey, you're welcome, everybody. Chrome fans out there, Chrome Nation, you're welcome to the, all the beauties. Um, I mean, it's just proven fact that, you know, PLL loves what we talk about and they make it happen. And I'm I'm fine right now in terms of us not getting any royalties or anything like that on this stuff. I'm just happy to see things that come we see in our brain when our eyes are closed. And then out of the blue, the PL is tweeting it out and it's like, whoa, they took that from my brain. And it's there. Like, I, I kid you not, when we were in Philly and I saw those three jerseys, I triple-taked. I felt like SpongeBob. Double-take three times. Blowing bubbles. Like, that was me when I saw those jerseys on those mannequins. I was like, no way. Because they were literally jerseys we talked about. And, and I mean, uh, yeah. Like, we, we've said a thousand times they listened to us, but, like, that was that was the clear clarification that they do. Like, I'm excited to see what else we talked about that they're going to bring in. We've talked Just about saying if uh, there's anything with these tops cards that are coming in four to five weeks now. <laughs> yeah, if that. Hopefully there's another pushback. Just saying. That will be uh, all time. I'm excited for those cards. Dude. I'm really hoping Carly has pic- like clear pictures of her gloves on those cards for her, too. That would be sick. That would be so sick. Um. There's another idea, collab. If if you get a picture with Carly's cards, you have to get it up close and put it put it next to it. Yep, need it. Um, there's barely been anything going on in the lacrosse Twitter world uh, this week. Obviously, dead week, holiday week, no games being played. But of course, lacrosse Twitter found something, something to go absolutely apeshit crazy about. And we're dubbing this the Shook'em video. Um, 
stay tuned for more on that. Uh, but it's the the video that TLN tweeted out uh, coming from that Instagram. I forget what the handle was, but I'm going to pull it up here because we also tweeted it uh, with the caption, caption shook them. You can go uh, peep that. Um, from at LSG underscore visuals on Instagram. And this kid does a fucking crossover, filthy, just absolutely put this kid in the tilt-a-whirl from Arthur for the real ones that remember that. And everybody is losing their minds about this video in one way or another. And it is just so funny to me that everyone on lacrosse Twitter just has to find something to yell into the clouds about. All the time. Like, why can't we just enjoy the game of lacrosse? Like, my problem with it was it was an absolutely ridiculous move that we honestly haven't seen before. Does the kid get stripped at the end of the play? Yeah. Who cares? You know, if you want to point that out, that's fine. I pointed it out, but also I said this move was filthy. You have to give him credit for his move even though he didn't score. A dodge, a good dodge is still a good dodge. It still presented a scoring opportunity. He just happened to hang his stick, and the guy made a good check and took it away. It happens. Defensemen are going to make plays, but that doesn't mean that the dodge wasn't any good. It's creativity. That's what we need in the game. That's what people want to see. Like, look at football. Look at basketball. The sports that are big, look at hockey. The sports that are big, they're big because there are creativity and things that are not like other sports in the game. And their fans take credit in it and they like to see it. They don't bash it. That's where this sport has to go. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and I mean, the fact that, like, people were, like, talking about, he got stripped, so it doesn't matter. Who gives a flying fuck? Like, the fact that he had the confidence, the the skill, the, the stick-handling skills up until the point he got stripped to do what he did? What are we talking about? Like, we haven't seen some of this shit that these kids are doing. Like, literal, like, high school kids are doing in these, like, showcases. And sure, they're growing up playing lacrosse in these hotbeds, like, since they were, you know, as long as they could walk. But they're coming up with new moves and innovating the game in a way that, you know, think, like, five years from now, when some of these kids that are, like, high school seniors are graduating college, getting drafted into the PLL, the NLL, and are doing the Bonko stuff we're seeing Zed Williams, Lyle Thompson, Josh Byrne do. What are they going to be doing? At that point, like they're going to take things to the next level in terms of stick skills, in terms of just creativity, in terms of finding the back of the net, which at the end of the day, 
That's all that matters when you're playing lacrosse in terms of the gameplay. You want to find the back of the net. And it's exciting to see like where they're going to take the game in terms of creativity. Is it going to work all the time? No. Even the most basic dodges don't work all the time. That's just how lacrosse works. A defenseman's going to make a play. You're not going to score every time. A goalie's going to make a save. Success is not 100%. So don't bash the creativity that comes inside of a failed attempt. Just acknowledge it and say, well, I hope he scores next time or something. But don't bash him for trying to make a good play. That's what he's supposed to do. Exactly. And then, like, somebody's putting out, like, a, a doctored video or whatever. Like, this is freaking Spider-Man Far From Home with Mysterio. Like, who cares? Like, just have fun. Like, the fact that people just truly cannot have fun with this sport and always have to find something to argue about is an absolute hellscape. And it just needs to go away. Like, the people that are trying to just argue for the sake of arguing are... I saw somebody tweet it, and uh, I think Diggs retweeted it. It's like these are the people saying like, you know, that this he got stripped and it's the dude in the gym, that video of the guy on the treadmill running in jeans and a sweatsuit just like going ham running when it's like on a walk setting. Like that's exactly what you look like. You look like an absolute stooge. Get a grip and have fun. That is it, it's sports. It's supposed to be fun. We're supposed to have fun with this kind of stuff. Not break it down like you're Skip Bayless and Stephen A Smith and doing this, you know, scripted bullshit on like a first take debate show talking about stuff that you don't really care about no this is twitter it's supposed to be fun people are supposed to have fun on twitter not be old whites yelling at the clouds like homer simpson's dad grow up get a grip and let's have some fun on twitter people my goodness oh my god you're right though like it's it's not hard to have fun on twitter just retweet stuff say some funny stuff and like stuff that you think is funny and then get off like like one thing that comes to mind is you remember a couple years ago when cam newton was on the hot mic with clay matthews and he was like oh you've been watching film well watch this that was amazing not only was it just a, a clap back in the middle of a play going on because cam newton heard clay matthews calling out the play Cam clap backs, like, claps him back, scores on the play. Like, that was amazing content. If that happened on lacrosse Twitter instead of NFL Twitter, like, every old dad would have been losing their minds, like, with pitchforks and torches ready to riot at whatever game that was happening. And instead of pitchforks and, and torches, it would have been folding chairs and lacrosse sticks because that's the old crotchety shit that needs to go. Get out, get off your high horse, stop living vicariously through your kids and trying to have glory days when you're 50. Enjoy the fun and all the old whites mentality of the younger people on lacrosse Twitter. Grow up, have fun, go back to being a six-year-old at heart like I am and like DJ is and have fun and be a Toys R Us kid because you don't want to grow up. It's supposed to be fun, like I said. Be a rug rat, be Tommy Pickles, and be innovative with your screwdriver. And let's let's kill the dumb shit and just enjoy the the evolution of this sport. Yeah, because let's not forget, none of us can do what they're doing, and none of us can stop them from doing what they're doing. So let's just enjoy it while it's there. It's like the whole thing with LeBron. Everybody wants to bash him all the time and not just enjoy the greatness while we have it. Let's just watch it, enjoy it, and go bonkers when he scores 39 and drops 12 assists. And then we'll debate it when he's done. But let's enjoy it while he's playing. Don't. 
and that's don't, like in our group uh, chat the other day like you were bringing up like the debate of like the lebron and and michael jordan stuff and like the reason i said it's the most tired debate is stuff like that it's like we we want to compare him to somebody that's done that doesn't even play the same position as him not even in the same era as him and not just sit back kick back and enjoy what lebron's doing yeah like it's it's plain and simple, you know, it's right there. Like, I mean, we even see it in lacrosse all the time, you know, Grant Amet being compared to Rob Pinnell all the time. Um, Drives me nuts. You know, calling K-18 and PR-99 the GOAT. Like, one, both of them can't be the GOAT. The GOAT can only be one person, but, you know, you do want to show homage. But at the same time, just, you know, they're both great. That's it. They both did separate things for the game that are equally important and it shouldn't really be a debate of goat for any sport. It should just be who's who's great and who did what they were supposed to do and who helped the sport grow and made it fun for the fans and everyone else who was playing. Like, it's so simple to just watch sports and enjoy. Yeah, like let's have fun. Let's stop the nonsense, like ridiculous debates about, you know, oh he got stripped. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? You're you're yelling about a kid who got stripped in a. a I don't even know if it was a showcase or I'm just saying that because that seems to be what's going crazy on Twitter right now is these high school showcases. But you're yelling about a kid getting stripped when he's just going out there and trying something new. Get a grip. Let's grow up. Let's have some fun. Lax Twitter. Take a chill pill. Come on. I'm giving you the gabagool hand right now for the people at home. Like, let's let's relax here. Uh, but yeah, shook him. Remember it. Uh, let's get into our main topic, I guess, for this episode. Um, because, DJ, you're more of the college aficionado of lacrosse than I am. Uh, I mostly get into the college game for the tournament and then uh, during the draft for the PLL and the NLL of guys I can recognize NLL-wise. But then PLL, I get into the draft and really uh, focus on the college game there. But we got the... Uh, what was it? Let's see. USA Lacrosse Magazine's preseason poll for the top 20 got announced this week just a couple days ago. Um, and it's looking like this from number 20 to number one. So number 20 is Bryant University. Shout out to the Bulldogs. Uh, number 19, Vermont. Shout out Ian McKay. Bula University. Uh, number 18, Cornell. Number 17, Drexel. Number 16, Delaware. Number 15, Johns Hopkins. Number 14, Syracuse. Number 13, Army. Number 12, Denver. And number 11, Lehigh. Let's talk about that that bottom 10 first of the top 20. I feel like a lot of these schools we expected to be on the top 20 preseason rankings. I love seeing like Bryant and Vermont on there as well. Because, um, like yes, they're very good at lacrosse, but I feel like compared to the other schools on this list who have, you know, powerhouse numbers typically year in and year out. You see a lot of these teams in the tournament year in, year out. They get talked about a ton. You don't really see a lot of talk about Vermont and Bryant in the grand scheme of things. So it's pretty cool to see those two on the top 20 uh, for, for USA Lacrosse Magazine's preseason poll. Yeah, especially when, you know, you don't see a team like Ohio State on here. Um Navy isn't on here. Yeah, I should preface the also considered list is High Point, Navy, Ohio State, Penn State, Princeton, Richmond, and Villanova. 
yeah, with all those teams not on there and you look at some of the teams that are, you know, it, it intrigues me. You know, I'm ready to see, especially this bottom five, Delaware, Drexel, Vermont, Bryant, Cornell, extremely excited to see what they have to bring to the table, you know, with who they got in over. And then, you know, I'm sure a couple of those teams will lose early season. I'm ready to see, you know, who do they move up? Because obviously, you know, it's in, it's in alphabetical order with High Point, Navy, Ohio State, Penn State, Princeton, Richmond, and Villanova. So that doesn't tell us where they have them ranked. So I'm interested to see early season when people start losing, who starts to move up into those top 20 spots when teams drop out. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of these teams, like you said, we before we started recording too, um, we'll get into the top 10. There's a team on there that you like seeing in the top 10. And I think Denver being at 12 will, on the surface, surprise a lot of people because of how good Denver has been over the years. But they lost a ton of guys to the PLL draft this past year. So it's a lot of not rebuilding there, but it's kind of just like figuring out, okay, who are the guys now for 2022 for them? Um, so I don't hate them at 12. It makes a lot of sense. Seeing Hopkins back on the list is pretty cool um, because I feel like they kind of like went into the shadows for a little bit once Coach Petro's you know, stepped down and everything. Um, but now they're back, and obviously Hopkins, powerhouse. Cool to see some local schools for me with Drexel and Delaware uh, on this first portion of the list and a couple other Pennsylvania schools uh, as well with Lehigh. And then there's another one in the top 10. Um, of these these 10 here from 11 to 20, who would you say has the best, in in your preseason estimation, who do you think just off name, off of if you know guys that are playing there, would you think has the best uh, shot at, you know, a nice little tournament run come the spring? Um, it's got to be Syracuse, and it's not really about who's playing there. It's about their coaching staff. I mean, it's one of the most unreal coaching staffs I've seen from top to bottom in terms of paid coaching staff, volunteer coaching staff, um, having the different positions covered, like from – head coach to offensive coordinator to face off and goalie. Like they have it all covered. And, you know, if those players are able to buy in and they want to play for each other, they want to play for the system and believe that they're good and believe their system will work. They're poised to not only make a tournament run, but make a national championship run. Yeah. I think Syracuse is going to be in there. I feel like we can't really count Denver out just because of the, you know, just the perennial camaraderie they have of that program. Um, but my pick, I think I'm going to go with a sneaky one. I'm going to say Delaware. I feel like they are just a school that is like one of those sleeping giants. We've seen a, a couple, you know, back-to-back -back years now with guys getting drafted in the PLL and the NLL with Matt DeLuca for the Water Dogs, and then in the NLL with the Albany Firewolves, uh, Charlie Kitchen getting drafted, and then getting taken in the expansion draft, and then getting traded back to Albany. <laughs> So seeing the Delaware guys finally crack, you know, through in the pros is pretty cool. And I think Delaware is going to have a real shot, you know, finally getting a, a bunch more respect in that top 20 range um, to potentially go on a nifty little run and, and make some noise in the tournament come the spring. Yeah, I'm excited to see really what this bottom half has to offer. Um, John Hopkins as well. I mean, they could give Maryland a run for their money in the Big Ten. And also Cornell, you know, if they're able to make a few upsets in uh, the Ivy League, that's a league that you can gain a lot of momentum in and you can ride that right into the tournament and do well because there's such 
a competitive conference from top to bottom. I'm I'm also kind of like an army being at 13. I think they've gained a lot of traction over the past couple of years too, in terms of just being like, yeah, like we have a very legit lacrosse program and you're going to hear about it. And I think army, if, you know, things can go their way during their regular season, they could potentially, you know, get into the tournament, make some noise as well. Being at 13 in the preseasons, nothing to slouch at for, you know, one of the, uh, the academy schools. Oh, you should never slouch in the academy schools in, in any sport. I just, it's the the heart and the determination that they play with. You're not going to go out and outplay them. You're going to, if you're going to do that, you're going to have to go out and play very hard. You're just going to have to beat them with skill, which a lot of teams do because they are, um, for the most part, you know, when you get an army against a Duke or North Carolina, Notre Dame, they're going to be a little more skilled and they're going to end up beating them. But when it comes to terms of teams that play the hardest, none of them play harder than they do. And we've seen a ton of guys over the past couple of years, too, coming out of Army and playing in the pros. So that's also a, a big boost for them in terms of just getting their program's name out there. And it's like, yeah, if you want to you know, get into the service and, and be in the Army, but you also have an opportunity to play lacrosse. And like you see it in football, too, now, where like a lot of guys are getting exemptions from their military service and getting it deferred later on. Um, you know, I think we're bound to see more guys from Army in the pros sooner rather than later. You know, you saw one guy with Johnny Serdic coming through for chaos. Uh, Garrett Thull, we've seen a, a ton of. You know, we're seeing a lot of these academy school guys get an opportunity to play in the pros, and I think that's a really cool, fun aspect of things um, when it comes to the college game and then going to that next level of the pros and seeing them have the ability to go and play. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody dreams of when you play at the next level is going to play at that even next level because, you know, the odds get even smaller as you move up levels. So to see that, you know, it's guys that love their country and want to go and serve, but they also have the opportunity to go to school and learn. And then they're also, you know, playing the sport that they love and then they're able to go play for a little bit. It's like that, you know, for those D3 guys, when you see a guy from RIT or York or Stevenson, you go, okay, a guy at my level made it. That means I can make it too. It's just that eye-opening thing that you need to know that your work can pay off and it's just you got to keep striving for it and it could possibly be there. Yeah, I mean, looking at some of the teams here that are on this first portion of the list that we're talking about, Bryant made the tournament last year and almost upset Virginia who ended up being the national champion. Like, they only lost to Virginia in that first-round game by two goals. Um, so them being in the top 20 is certainly warranted. Uh, and then, you know, High Point was an honorable mention on the list. They were in the tournament last year and lost to Duke. Um, looking at the rest of the teams, I mean, Syracuse being ranked after, you know, being in the tournament, getting absolutely, you know, doors blown off of them uh, by Georgetown last year, losing by 10, but obviously a whole bunch of off the – field stuff happening, new coaching staff in there now as well. Um, I think that's going to change a lot of things. Denver was ranked number seven last year, and they got upset in the first round by Loyola, um, You know who is on this list later on. So that makes a ton of sense too in terms of just overall rankings. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm not mad about this, this first portion of 11 to 20. I think Lehigh is another team that is going to make some decent noise come this season I think they've gotten a lot better I think their program's getting a lot more notoriety in terms of what they can do they obviously 
pulled a, a hot Rutgers team in the first round last year, uh, being you know ranked number eight in the tournament, and they lost twelve to five to Rutgers. Um, Drexel was in the tournament last year. Vermont was in the tournament last year. So a lot of tournament teams back, and a lot of teams that you know on a bit of a hiatus last year, uh, not seeing you know the tournament, but now they're back. Uh, the only team on this list that made the tournament last year that is not on this list is Monmouth. So, I mean, good for everybody, you know, coming back, getting back together, getting the band back together from last year's tournament. Um, and some good, you know, returning faces. Good to see, you know, some new faces as well on this list. But let's get into the top 10. Number 10, Rutgers. Number 9, Penn. Number 8, Yale. Number 7, Loyola. Number 6, North Carolina. Number 5, Notre Dame. Number 4, Georgetown. Number 3, Duke. Number two, Maryland, and number one, the national champions, Virginia. Yeah, I mean, not really too surprised here with the list. I mean, uh, Georgetown, I was, I was like, I like that. I didn't realize, you know, that they were bringing in that much talent and that they would look that good. So I'm excited to see what they're going to bring to the table this year. They didn't look terrible last year. They made the tournament as well. Almost they won screwed us. <laughs> They they almost won their game. They were they played well, extremely well. No, you're no Georgetown. They blew the doors off of Syracuse, and then you and That's I true. both picked them. I think to beat Virginia, or no, you and, weren't on the pod yet for the no. tournament. This was me and Harrison. Um, we both picked Georgetown to upset Virginia, and Virginia won fourteen to three. Again, the whole podcast hosted by Stephen McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I expected them to lose to Virginia. I didn't expect them to win that first game. The first game kind of, I was like, Against Whoa, Syracuse. okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Georgetown's going to be a team to watch. And then they played Virginia. And I was like, and got slaughtered. Ate my words real quick. Slaughtered. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what they have to bring to the table. You know, they're basically in another hotbed. So they're always a team to watch. And they're always, you know, a team that has a good following with fans and people that come out to support. Um, but the other team I really like to see was Rutgers. You know, I really liked Adam Scheller Beatty's last year. Um, he made Rutgers look really good with Connor Curse. Uh, Curse's brother is still going to be in that. He's played amazing so far. Which in I his think career. is huge. So I'm excited to see what Rutgers has to bring to the table. Another Big Ten team to crack. I think that's that's three this year. And so Rutgers that, almost upset North that. Carolina in, in that second round game. That was an amazing game that to game watch. Was I was awesome. pulling for Rutgers so much to win. Not that I didn't want North Carolina win. I love watching North Carolina lacrosse, but. I wanted Rutgers to win that game so bad. And that was one of, probably one of my favorite games to watch out of the whole tournament last year. That might have been game of the tournament. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because, I mean, the national tournament, I mean, the national championship game was fun. But it, national it, championship was fun. The Virginia North Carolina game was fun because it was one, another one goal game. Maryland Notre Dame was fun. But that North Carolina Rutgers game, just because of how much of an underdog Rutgers was. And for them to hang, did that game go to overtime? I think it did. Yeah, it went to overtime. I'm pretty sure because I, I think Chris Gray hit the game winner. Yeah, um, that game was so much fun. 
Like, that was my game of the tournament. Easy. But yeah, I, I like seeing Rutgers in the top 10. I'm just looking for who scored that game winner here. Um, oh, no, it was uh, it was Connor McCarthy scored that goal. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, Rutgers being in the top 10 is awesome. I think it's totally deserved. They had one hell of a season last year. Um, Yale being back in the top 10 is very cool to see. Um, to to have two Ivy League schools back in there or three actually, right? Because Penn's Ivy League. Yep, three. Um, so to have three Ivy Leagues coming out swinging. Um, you know, four local schools for me with Drexel, Delaware, Lehigh, and Penn all in the area. Might have to make a couple of trips out to see some of these college kids, do some recruiting, make some OTB athletes out here. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, I think once you go to you know six and up. With North Carolina, Notre Dame, Georgetown, Duke, Maryland, Virginia, that's almost like chalk in terms of, you know, this list. Loyola at seven is awesome. I think that's a lot of fun um, in terms of just rankings. Like, obviously, like, we haven't seen anybody play yet, so we can't judge it off of that. But last year, Loyola upsets Denver, uh, and they almost upset Duke in in that second-round game, in that low-scoring 10-9 game that Duke ended up winning, um, and then absolutely getting the blo- doors blown off of them by Maryland. Um but Loyola, I think, is going to be they're, – they're a team that is just continuing to build from where they are now and, and just, you know, growing a name for themselves where I think they can be similar in terms of just, like, people talking about them to what Denver is and, like, just continuing to have, like, that camaraderie and that notoriety of that name. It's like, yeah, I play lacrosse for Loyola. It's like, yeah, I play lacrosse for Denver. Like, it's one of those, like, not like those blue blood schools – but it's one of those schools that is like always in the conversation, has a shot every year, and I think that's going to just continue to help them grow as uh, you know things keep rolling for them. Yeah, I mean, I've liked Loyola since I saw Pat Spencer there. You know, he took their program to another level, and guys want to come in and continue that success and kind of what they had going on. So it's continued to work for them as they follow that path. But I mean, watching. Pat Spencer play Townsend. I was like, this is a rivalry game I will watch every year, no matter what. The fire that is played between Loyola and Thompson is crazy. And for the most part, Loyola comes out, out on top, and it's just to show that they continue to want that success and they continue to work for it from coach on down. So going to definitely be excited to see what uh, Loyola has as well. They'll probably win their conference again. And, um, you know, tournament time is when I really like to watch Loyola. Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the, the non-Blue Blood schools on this list in terms of just, like, you kind of see their name every year now. Is a Loyola, it's a Rutgers, Lehigh, Denver, um, you know, if you, Vermont even. You know, you're starting to see them a lot more. Bryant is another one of those where you're starting to see them a lot more. Um, I think it's cool to see a lot of these schools really building up and, like, hopefully eventually getting to where they're being discussed as like that that tier two like they are a tier two now but even like in the grand scheme of things it's like if you don't get to a blue blood school you want to go to these schools because they're going to you know be in the conversation and have a shot at making noise in the tournament building your personal brand and building your personal profile up in terms of getting you drafted year in and year out as the pro game continues to grow 
And I think even with like the NIL stuff being even more involved going into this season, we've seen it a ton with, uh, was it Georgetown and North Carolina having a ton of guys signing, you know, with, with, was it Maverick or Cascade? STX. STX, yeah. So we're seeing a ton of that going on. There was just a big STX photo shoot um, that you were telling me about with all the guys and everything. So yep. Duke's got I, a couple guys as well. I think that's going to just be even more prominent heading into this 2022 college season. Yeah, 100%, especially with the way that the, the pro league is taking off with ESPN, you know, taking over and a lot more people getting into it taken off on social media, those athletes will most likely continue those deals through college and now into pros. But that's kind of what Nil is going to end up doing is turning from, you know, getting paid in college for your name so you can kind of take care of yourself to this is now a long-term endorsement that you have for this amount of money for this amount of time. So I, I kind of like where Nil is going to go, especially in the lacrosse world, because it's very pure so far. You know, it's not exuberance amounts of money and they're mm -hmm. not you know going after crazy things it's lacrosse related things that are going after athletes that are very prominent so i i really like um not only you know them getting money and them helping grow the sport but i want to see you know now it's going to be matchups when north carolina and duke play each other they're going to be looking at the, those xtx athletes those are the kind of things I'm excited to see when it comes to nil rather than, you know, the money being spent. And I mean, we can't dish out money, but we can get some merch made. If any of these college lacrosse athletes want to be OTB athletes on this NIL stuff, slide in the DMs. We can make it happen. Let me know. I know it's pretty easy to get these things through your portals, too. So let's make it happen. Just wrap the brand. Wrap the brand at your college. Um, I feel like that's something we might dive into. Just, you know, with the more college coverage we get into this year now more extensively um, because it's going to help us with, you know, draft process stuff and figuring out pre-draft rankings for the PLL and then carrying it over to the NLL as well. Um, of the the also considered schools for this list, too, I think is pretty interesting because it's a ton of, you know, powerhouse schools. High Point, Navy, Ohio State, Penn State, Princeton, Richmond, and Villanova kind of surprised to see Penn State not in the top 20 even though they've lost you know Mac and Grant over the last two years like I still feel like Penn State is one of those you know they're always in the conversation schools same thing with Ohio State too um and they obviously lost their guys back to back last year with with Terry and and Trey LeClaire but I feel like those two schools even though they lost like those those face of the program guys they're still going to be able to rebound. They still know how to recruit, and they're still going to make noise uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, I'm not too worried about a lot of those schools that are on their list. Like, I'm expecting some of those teams in the top 20 to lose, and those teams will replace easy. It's not um, really too too much I'm worried about. Even Villanova isn't necessarily a team I'm worried about. The team I'm most excited on that list to see is High Point. I mean, they've done a lot of good things in the last three or four years. They've beaten – you know, some power five teams a couple times. They've beaten Duke recently. They've beaten North Carolina recently. Um, I don't – they haven't played Virginia, but there's another power five team that they've beaten in the last three to four years. Like, you know, they've won the SoCon a couple times and have made it into the tournament. And, you know, there's a couple of those tournament games that they almost won if it wasn't for a few mental mistakes. So they're continuing to do the right things and prove that, 
they're a little bit better than the rest of the SoCon they deserve to be in the tournament. And pretty soon they're going to win a game and campus high point campus is going to be bananas when they win that game. And let's also not forget he's using his extra year. Asher Nolting is back. That's the boy. Since Dom has started this podcast with me from day one, like we've been Asher Nolting stands one. He's all name team Two. Dude is filthy. And three, we saw him get drafted by the Colorado Mammoth and obviously using his COVID year to go back to school so he's not playing for them in the NLL right now. But I'd be kind of surprised if he doesn't take another step forward this year to where he's getting drafted, say, like a third round in the PLL draft come this spring. Yeah, I mean, I could easily see that. I mean, he's already done a lot to put his name out there and to be a guy that should even be in the talk in the draft. And, you know, depending on who else, you know, comes out in the draft, who decides to take extra years um, and what teams need, he could go third or he could go earlier. But either way, um, whatever team takes him is going to be getting a huge star and is going to be able to help. It may not be right away, but once he's able to get acclimated and he's in a rhythm, he's going to be one of those guys that is going to score and he's going to help your team in ways of – I love how he rides when it comes to, you know, turning the ball over off a save. He He's one of those guys that rides hard, and he wants the ball back so he can go and score. He can set something up for a teammate. So those kind of things are going to be helpful uh, at the next level. Let's do our way, way, way too fucking early Final Four predictions. <laughs> oh, man. Because we'll come back to this in the spring, in May, when the Final Four is here, and see how stupid we sounded. I got to go Virginia because... got to give the champs. Connor Schellenberger is ridiculous. Um, North Carolina, I think Chris Gray coming back and and some of the L's they took last year is a little bitter for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Duke as well. They took some some crazy L's. I mean, I remember Brendan O'Neill scoring that overtime, and they said it didn't count because his cleat came off. I mean, it's stuff like that, you know. Um, so I think Duke could be in. And this last team, I'm going to go Syracuse. Like I said, I think that coaching staff does a lot with that team and is able to get them to a spot where they're able to really uh, show up a lot of teams and, and win some very critical games. So, you're leaving Maryland out, which is very fun. I, I know. Like, I like that. I'm not I'm not mad about it. it I, them losing Jared Bernhardt says a lot for me. He's he's kind of carried them yeah. over the last 4 years. I'll be excited to see, you know, if they bring in someone else that's kind of going to take over the reins, but way too early. I I don't see it. I'm going to obviously say Virginia. Because it's the national champs, you gotta you gotta give the champs their due. They're obviously gonna be a powerhouse again. Um, I hate doing this because I hate this school, and this is no offense to the school itself. It's the fans of the football team at this school that somehow live in my backyard and live across. They are the Dallas Cowboys of college football to me. Therefore it trickles down everywhere. And yet somehow I became a Redwoods fan. And that was the iteration 
of, you know, all the guys went to this college. Uh, I think Notre Dame is going to make some noise and potentially be in that final four. Um, I'm going to go with North Carolina as well. This is obviously no order from both of us. Who knows what the rankings will be. Uh, Chris Gray, like you said, you know, he's going to be a bona fide superstar again. Uh, top flight, top three college draft pick in the PLL. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to go here. Shout out to Jules. Shout out to Connor Kirst. Shout out to Adam Charlotte Beatties. I'm going to say Rutgers is going to mess around and make the final four. Whoa. I'm going to mess around. They almost did it last year. And we might have, get a, we might get a retweet from Jules off that. Hey, shout out to the homie friend of the show. Let's go. Um, I think the biggest thing for me with Rutgers is just having the the known factor of, of goalie again. To have Curse back in, in cage for them is huge in terms of just like not having to worry about replacing that going into this year and just building momentum and just trying to find a way to replace Charlotte Beatties, replacing Connor Kirst, and just going full throttle again and knowing how close you were last season after that massive win against Lehigh and you were an overtime game away from taking down the number one seed in the tournament and getting to the semifinal. I feel like that's a a thing that has been on the bulletin board for Rutgers since that overtime whistle blew back in, in the spring. I think it's something that they've been thinking about. It's going to be, you know, fuel for them this year to really try to get back. And I think they're going to make a lot of noise this season. I'm excited to watch them play. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it's way too early. And there's a lot of storylines and a lot of guys that are trying to make a name and teams that are trying to do things they haven't done before. Um, But until someone can beat Virginia, they're, they're the favorite for sure. Yeah, and I left Maryland out because, again, Jared was obviously, you know, the best college lacrosse player in the men's game last year. Um, so you got to replace that, you know, full full blown and then some. And then Duke, I feel like, is one of those teams, like they got the doors blown off them by Maryland last year, and they lost a lot of guys. You know, they, they tried to build that super team last year, bringing in Michael Sowers, and just trying to go all in on winning a championship fell short. And then JT gets drafted. He got hurt in the tournament as well. And then Sowers gets drafted. I feel like they still have a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. I just don't know if it's there yet. I, like, you built a super team, and it's very eerily like, you know, super teams in pro sports where, like, it doesn't work out always in that first year. Doesn't always work out in the second year either. Look at the Miami Heat. Like it, it took some time for them in that they second did, year too. They did win. They did win, but it took time during that regular season to like get it going. Like they lost to the process Sixers. Like, come on. Okay, you say it like you're gonna win every night. But I mean, it, it's not like things change overnight in terms of like just building a super team. Like, and it's I think it's a lot more difficult in a college sport too where you're not always on the same schedule with guys in terms of training because you have classes and stuff like that so guys are training at different times potentially and and you have just different sets of circumstances and obviously we're still in a a covid world as well so who knows what's going to happen but i'm still just not sold on duke 
I mean, yeah, I could see it. There's a lot against Duke, but, you know, Brendan O'Neill and Nakai Montgomery excite me a lot. Totally. 100%. And I think they're bona fide, like, first-round draft picks. Easy. Um, I just need to see it as a team. Like, those guys are rock stars solo, and, like, they make Duke what they are. I just need to see them come together as a team. Which I would love to see. Prove me wrong, please. And obviously, this is our way too early predictions. This isn't even close to May yet, but um, we'll see what happens. Very excited for uh, for college lacks to be right around the corner um, because this is full throttle for DJ and I covering lacrosse <laughs> until September when we get that like mini period until the NLL draft rolls around. But. Uh, we're going to get into our uh, next topic that is brought to you by those amazing people over at pickup, go to playpickup.com guys. What are you doing? If you're not over there yet, go to playpickup.com, create your fan profile. Anybody can sign up. It's free to play. Anybody can do it. And you're playing the hottest headlines in sports. It's prop bets on headlines. It's the, it's the future of the way that anything is going to be done in terms of picking games, gambling, all that kind of stuff. It's going that direction, and Pickup's doing it for free for every single person on the planet. Go to playpickup.com now. Start building your fan profile. Rack up points. Cash them in for prizes. They got those Fanatics gift cards that you can use for the NLL gear. You got to get them. Got to get them. Fanatics not a sponsor of this podcast, but they are a partner of Pickup, so shout out them. Playpickup.com. DJ, it's our top five lacrosse moments of 2021 powered by Pickup because... It's the last episode of the year. You guys are listening to this on New Year's Eve more than likely. We had a hell of a year in the world of lacrosse. So our top five lacrosse moments of 2021. I believe you started with the Colin Squires elf-inspired <laughs> top five Christmas movies list powered by Pickup. Uh, so I will go top five. My first pick here. Let's see. Um... Number five. I mean, it's a it's a like right at the heartstrings moment. Uh, but to know that it's over now and it ended when it did is tough. But seeing how it ended and them going out together was really dope. Doing the press conference together, being on that field with you know just kind of taking it all in. Uh, my my number five moment, I feel like we should go reverse order for this. Uh, my number five moment is uh, Joel White and uh, why am I blanking? John, John Galloway. Galloway. Joel White and John Galloway uh, announcing their retirement together. Two friends who did the damn thing together for all those years. Um, doing it together with Chrome to kind of be the faces and leaders of that franchise from the jump in 2019. It was it was really dope to watch and to cover their careers for the last you know th three years for John and the last you know one and a half for Joel because he came in midway through 2019 didn't play in 2020 um, for Chrome but seeing those two kind of go out together was really cool. Uh, let's see number five. I'll probably have to follow that same trend. Um, got a chance to fly out to Salt Lake City. Just so happened to be 
quarterfinals just so happened to be the third time the Woods have lost to the Whip Snakes in, this, in the playoffs. Why'd you have to bring that up? <laughs> because I got to meet, get a picture, shake hands, and talk to the GOAT, or one of, after I just said that, <laughs> one of the GOATs. There's only one GOAT, TJ. <laughs> K18. I mean, it, it was awesome. Got it. Facts. He, he signed my uh, custom Woods jersey. So, I mean, it was awesome to sit and meet him and talk to him for a second and stuff. So, number five for sure. Legend. Um, number four. I'm going to go a personal one. And it's going to be a conglomerate pick for us. But it's the OTB brainchilds coming to life all across this year from. Mike Rabel coming on the pod this summer, talking about the video game stuff, and then the very next day, boom, PLL top shelf in the app store. Let's rock and roll. We have a lacrosse video game. That's the first step to us getting to the console game eventually, but a lacrosse video game exists uh, in the palm of your hand. We get all the merch stuff, um, potentially some more stuff on the way if they're listening. Who knows, allegedly. Um, but number four for me is seeing our podcast influence things that happened in the PLL was absolutely absurd. Um, and just like one of those, like, you sit back, look at it, and it's like, holy shit. Like, we're, like, influencing this league from a, a very minimal standpoint. But it's stuff we've talked about, like, not just, like, Oh, we talked about this on one episode and then boom, here it is. Like, we talked about a lacrosse video game for the longest time. The We Need a Lacrosse Video Game episode of OTB was the most listened to episode of the podcast for like a year and a half. Us talking about needing alternate color rush jerseys has been happening since like midway through 2019 of the PLL. We've talked about merch stuff on this, this show for months previous and then months later it's on the pll shop like it's just really cool to see stuff that we talk about really come to life and it hasn't been denied that it is from our brains um so the otb brainchilds the brain children if you will coming to life uh number four it would have to be uh brendan o'neill's goal that got called back i mean i was watching that the play, it was a broken play. He ended up picking it up, and I was like, okay, what's going to happen now? Like, he's got to go. He makes a crazy move, and then his cleat comes off, and I'm like, I was thinking, like, okay, like, they're going to blow it dead right away. And then he just let him go, and I was like, okay. They let him go, and he scores, and I was like, that is bananas. Like, no way they're going to win the game like that. And then they call it back, like, all that crazy stuff. But that was, that was a goal I believe should have counted and, and was one that I – thoroughly enjoyed watching and I really wish it would have counted uh number three for me I'm gonna go college game we just talked about it that Rutgers North Carolina game just the game in general the back and forth the the on the edge of your seat vibes um was just electric and to see Rutgers bring the number one seed to the brink almost walk away with a win and pulling one of the biggest upsets we've seen in a while um, was just so dope. Um, and it's a game that like not being an avid college lacrosse guy, that's a game I like can vividly replay in my brain 
and be like, yeah, that is something I'll remember for a very long time. You need to go back and watch the 2016 championship game with North Carolina and Maryland. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, oh. I know all about that because the boys. Nah, you got to watch it. You can't just know about it. You got to watch it. <laughs> that was that was the first championship lacrosse game I'd ever seen, and I went bonkers. I went absolutely bonkers. Because that was what? Was that? That was Kluge, right? Yeah, with the game winner. But that was also Burnlor who made a ridiculous save at the end of uh, regulation. Yeah, because that was that was the eventual Philly boys. Because Rambo was on that team, right? Yep. Yeah, it's the eventual Philly boys with the wings with Kluge and Rambo. Uh, you're number three, DJ. Number three. It's it's a little bit of a combo, but it would have to be when Ryder Garnsey scored and then got in Bryce Young's face, and comboed with. His game winner against Chaos. So we can just say Ryder Garnsey versus Chaos in Albany. <laughs> well, no, because Bryce Young is is a whip snake. I think that was in Salt Lake. Oh, I true. Don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you. So we can just say Ryder Garnsey versus the whip snakes <laughs> versus rivals. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because oh, does he show up? Um, number two. I mean, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get emotional yeah, here. It was Salt Lake. I saved the picture. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's sick. Number two, I'm gonna get emotional here, and it's another OTB thing. I mean, you coming on the pod as a guest, and then becoming the co-host of the Outside the Box podcast, brother. We broke the interwebs. Why look, is that? Why look is at that us. Both of our second. Look at us. Oh. That's just going to be our that's going to be the top one. We'll save that is both of ours. I mean, come on. Like we fucking are doing this shit and like this show wouldn't be what it is without you on it. So you yeah, know the vibes. Dude, guess, you're 6 months in. Yeah. Dude, I know. That, that's crazy. It happens Half so a year. Quick. But yeah, I just have to say just that whole Boston weekend is is probably top notch. Like outside of the 16-hour drive coupled with my flat tires. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the driving part. That doesn't matter. Cars don't exist in Boston. Because, <laughs> I mean, I made the vlog. Facts. Stupid viral off of that. Had, I mean, the games were fantastic. Yo, do you remember when you came on as a guest for that show? You absolutely eviscerated me. When I asked who your favorite team was. I think I do. <laughs> you said, I, I, I guess do. you haven't scrolled through my Twitter. Because I'd be retweeting Redwood shit like crazy. I'm like, it, it literally takes not even <laughs> a 30 second scroll on my page to find out. Because I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I had you on a day that I was at work. So I was like just scrambling to like do everything. And you were like. I guess you haven't taken a chance to score. I was like, God damn, this dude just took shots at my dome. I was just saying, because, like, dog, it got to the point to where, like, I was doing it so much that my homies were like, do you work for the PLL? <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I'm just, I'm just we're, we're PLL adjacent. <laughs> so I was kind of like, man, 
I kind of almost felt disrespected. Man's <laughs> asked me on the pod, but like didn't even want to give me enough credit to see, you know, look through my page a little bit. Like that 30 seconds, probably not even 30 seconds. You take one scroll, you probably see three Redwoods tweets, right? See, now. and I was also thrown off because you had the Atlas jersey in the video for the <laughs> vlog. What's funny is I had the Atlas jersey <laughs> with uh, Marcus Holman archers went over <laughs> over my shoulder. So I was confused. I was like, <laughs> who does he root for? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> I was like, seen, I was like, is that a Klooch? Is that a Klooch Atlas jersey? Is he a UNC fan? You should have seen me at those games, dog. I was changing at halftime. If I nod the other jersey. You're like Tony Hawk's pro skater when you're creating your player, just going through all this stuff. I'm like, hey, I just hope both teams are having oh. fun. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm going to rethink number two. No, you know what my number two is going to be? Number two is the NLL being back. NLL coming back after almost two years of being away. That was just an, a, a euphoric day. That first time we got to sit down NLL on ESPN. We got to watch box lacrosse for the first time in almost two years. That was top notch. And I know that happened only a couple weeks ago, but man, that was being back in that Wells Fargo press box was chef's kiss. It was like, honey, I'm home. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I'm excited to be getting into the NLL, still searching for a team. Um, there's a team out west that really has my eye right now. I won't say too much, but they're at the top of the list for now. Um, they're just yeah, a bunch of shooters. They are. They really are. <laughs> yeah, one guy in particular is just bonkers with it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the NLL being back, but my number two probably has to be D.C., you know, the Sixes tournament was fun, but the game, seeing Chaos win, the after party that we definitely were not supposed to be at, but everybody there knew who we were. <laughs> and was like, oh, yeah, we're supposed to be here. Yeah, like, it was like, I feel like I'm not supposed to be here, but all these people keep coming up to me, telling me they like what I do and that they're glad I'm here. You, so I you guess know, I'm supposed to you, be here. You know me? <laughs> like, I mean, I, I know you. I know you, but you know me. You know, okay, okay, all right, that's fine. I'm not gonna fanboy here for a second. <laughs> yeah, my number one was DC weekend. Like to be able to obviously kick it with you in DC, watch a championship game again in person, watch chaos win uh, after we got you know knighted into the three point two percent by Jack Rowlett. Um, our pod that week was unbelievable to have KJ to have uh Ian on to have Jay Carlson on like that was a banger of a pod and then one we got our hands on PLL cards for the first time got to kick it with everybody media wise blaze calling me out in the press conference because I was drinking a coca-cola not a sponsor instead of a beer uh you know the whole after party experience Jack Rowlett just being like, you're fucking coming with us. Like, and then not being there. <laughs> Man said, yeah, this is where it's at. 
I'm telling y'all that y'all can go. You're my personal invites. I'll see you there. We you guys are there. fucking coming with us. I'll never forget <laughs> that quote. <laughs> we get there. Man's is literally nowhere to be found. Ian, like, fucking love you guys. <laughs> I lost so many drinks that night. Thanks, Jared. Shout out, Jared Newman. Talk about Newman nukes. He nuked your drinks out of your hand. Dog, all night. Couldn't have a drink with ice in it for anything. <laughs> Walk in. Hey, come here. Uh, just snatches my ice out of my cup. I'm like, all right. <laughs> that was hilarious. I'm like, yeah, dude, DC I, I got to go home tomorrow. I got to fly home tomorrow, man. I had to drive home that night. <laughs> okay. Okay, Mr. Water with Lemon. Hey, I didn't ask for the lemon. That was a little <laughs> too zesty for me. At that hour, we're putting lemon in the water. Hey, lemon always goes in water. Whew. I was feeling a little something there. Uh, yeah, DC Weekend, hands down, number one for me. What's your number one? Top bins, top tier commentary. Top drawer, upper 90. You already down. know. <laughs> you it's more already know. I think that's how it always goes. Like, like 45 like... minutes, and we're at like Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Kessler. And we are here to talk about Champions League soccer today. Hey, it's Top Ben's time. What's up? We're back. Philly. I think, you know, that weekend was dope. Coming to the to the studio, getting to go to Chickies and Pete's, which turned out to be a hilarious stop <laughs> along the way. <laughs> I mean, went to a Rutgers game, stayed in the uh the Bellevue. Like Philly was awesome. It was my birthday weekend, so Philly was dope. Philly was great. That was one of my honorable mentions was another great weekend. Oh, another honorable mention was me asking Nat St. Laurent about Rob Pinnell or the Water Dogs game on Long Island and getting absolutely unnecessarily roasted on Twitter by unknowns um, for asking that question. It went down as an all-time question this year, just saying. PLL tweeted, you know, being in the press conferences alone like was awesome to have that experience because – I don't know if I ever told you, like, in 2019 after the games, it was like, okay, run down on the field. Ask, like, Lisa or somebody who was down there, like, can you grab this player or person for me? And it was like a crapshoot if they would come out. And it was just like, okay, whoever's out here, I'll talk to. To have, like, those formal press conferences 
and to see the way the PLL kind of evolved that to to include that experience and then putting it out on social and having those clips out there for the people and for the masses um, was really dope. And like to be a part of that, um, to ask the questions that I was able to ask, you were able to ask a few and some that you were able to jump in on. Um, you know, it, it was it was really a cool evolution to kind of see with the PLL in terms of like their media coverage and what they're doing in terms of, you know, bringing people behind the scenes more too, uh, to kind of give them that breaking the fourth wall type deal. Um, so that was just an awesome experience. And then obviously I think honorable mention for us too, is Paul Rabel retiring. Like it's kind of a, a gimme. Um, but to see, PR go out on top the way he did in terms of just like having such a big bounce back year with the cannons. Um, that was super dope. And then, you know, some of the kind words that Paul and Mike threw my way this year, just, uh, the boys shout out having Mike on the pod this year. And I mean, overall our guests on the show this year, stupid, like we should go through that list now before we move on to our next thing to wrap up but this year on the show was absolutely bananas with guests and what we were able to do navigating through you know you know are we gonna have seasons for stuff like what is going on um to to kind of go through the guests we had this year in 2021 let's see here first guest of the year Sean Quirk, head coach of the Cannons. Uh, obviously, this is pre-DJ. This is like B-C-A-D. <laughs> this is B-D-J. Um, so we had Sean Quirk on uh, back in January, right like after he got hired to be the head coach of the Cannons, which was stupid. Uh, Alex Pace from the Philadelphia Wings, Dr. Gladiator, came on the show in January. Rachel Valarelli came on the show. Um, Robin Brown, the goat came on the show. Finally, um, we had, let's see, we had the unfortunate farewell to the new England black wolves back in February. Um, we had, let's see, <laughs> remember when we said Atlas were rebuilding? Yeah. Yeah. We said that back in March too. Um, Sean Quirk came back on the show to detail his draft uh, in March. Um, we had, let's see, who else came on the show? Uh, Dylan Ward got traded. They traded Ward, finally. <laughs> that came to life. Um, we talked about us going to Boston. That was back in May. Uh, the road trip from hell <laughs> episode, which sounded like my dog got killed. Uh, luckily, that was partnered with a Ryan Tarafanko interview as well. Um, Pat Pitts came on the show <laughs> from his home uh, when we were in Boston after his first PLL experience. And then uh, June 11th, the first episode of DJ, DJ's World, came to life. Um, and then after that, we had Chris Hogan's PLL debut. Um, we had 
you know, everything went down at Homewood. Uh, we were on Long Island. The NIL ruling happened this year. Um, the NLL on TSN gets announced back in July. And then we had the GOAT, Mike Rabel, join the show back in July. Um, Joe Mixon retweeted us <laughs> this year. <laughs> uh, we had Sarah Griffin on the show. Uh, shout out to Sarah, too, her new job with the NHL. Um, Bryce Wasserman joined the show from his car. Um, that was hilarious. The GOAT, Coach Nat St. Laurent, came through. Um Jack Rowlett obviously came on for that hour-long, just absolute blast of an interview back in August. Um, remember the milk crate challenge? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Calgary Roughnecks got their makeover. Um, then we had Paul Rabel announcing his retirement back in September. We had the championship preview with KJ47, Ian McKay, and Jay Carlson. Andy Towers came on after winning the championship. Um, let's see. We did uh, a Squid Game lacrosse draft before I finished Squid Game, which I was pretty happy with my draft after finishing that show. Um, the OTB brainchild jerseys came to life in Philadelphia. Um, we had the NLL on ESPN announcement. We had our season preview announcements for the NLL. Um, Devin Caney came back on the show once again. Um, and then, obviously, episode 200, we did the damn thing with Mikey Diggs himself. Hell of a year in terms of uh, guests and everything on OTB. I must say so myself. A lot of connections we made, building up the, the Twitter following, the the Instagram will be back. Don't worry, guys. It's just Instagram sucks, and everybody should know that. Um, but, yeah, pretty wild 2021 in terms of guests, and we're going to have more guests on in 2022, best believe. And that brings us to our final topic of this episode. DJ, what do we want to see in the lacrosse world? No matter what, what it's college, the podcast, PLL, NLL, brands whatever it may be appearances crazy shit what do we want to see from lacrosse in 2022 uh, i want to see that that alternate stream with you know maybe i wouldn't even mind to have some contrast joel white and k18 an offensive and a defensive guy, so we get both sides of the ball, and you know they're offering opposite, you know, viewpoints on things. So that would be awesome. But just any type of alternate stream for games, or even if it's just for big games, you know, that's that's fine too. I'd love to see that. Um, we talked about the Friday night color rush; that'd be awesome as well. Would love to see that. Which seems. I don't know if it'll be Friday nights or just in general, but it seems like those third jerseys, those those limited edition Johns we've seen, our brain children, if you will, um, it, through the grapevine, it's sounding like we might see those on the field in 2022, which is dummy exciting. Oh, man. I'm just saying allegedly. Allegedly. We might see them on the field in 2022. I would be 
very surprised, or excuse me, pleasantly surprised to see those, um, just the way they would look under lights on a Friday night and, you know, being able to possibly see third jerseys. Oh, my God. Yeah, need that big time. Uh, What I want to see, apparently we're going to see it soon. I'm very excited to see Las Vegas lacrosse's branding um, in the NLL for 2022. I'm excited to see this team name, their colors, what they're going to look like, their identity to kind of start getting built. Um, Are they going to go the traditional? Are they going to be, you know, Las Vegas blank? Or are they going to be Las Vegas lacrosse club with a a branding kind of like Panther City? Um, I'm excited for that. Um, I'm excited to you know, kind of just see the PLL continue to grow in the final year without free agency. Um, kind of just seeing where players stand on their teams once the season comes to an end. And it's like, okay, here comes free agency 2023. Who's going to be on new teams? The, the cycling of players going to new teams, contracts being dished out, kind of the evolution of where that next step is going to be now that Paul Rabel's in the front office and kind of seems like he's pulling the strings on a lot of this stuff too, which is exciting from his point of view. Um, So I'm looking forward to, you know, kind of just seeing those first steps being pushed into the game in 2022. Uh, Like you said, the Friday night color rush, like, come on, that is, that is our pride and joy on this show. Real ones. No, uh, I'm excited to see the PLL schedule for 2022, where we're going to be this summer. Um, because quite honestly, that again, going back to our moments of 2021, being back out on the road for me was so like, it was one of those things where like, you didn't realize how much you missed it until you were back out doing it. Being at those PLL weekends this year for me in Boston, even though, you know, we had the nightmare tire situation being, um, you know, in Baltimore, in DC, Philly, to go to Albany this year was amazing. Um, you know, all those those PLL weekend spots that I was able to go to again and be back out on the road, kind of just having like those free weekends where it's like, wow, like I'm doing this and realizing like how much you actually missed. Oh, Long Island too. I was out there for Fourth of July weekend. Um, it was really like, wow, like. We're, we're fucking living the dream, covering pro lacrosse out on the road um, and doing the damn thing. And, and people appreciate what we're doing, meeting fans of the pod while we were out there, too, at the different spots was electric. And I'm looking forward to even more of that in 2022 um, and hopefully getting to some new cities that I haven't been to, going back to some ones that I'm sure are going to be chalk on the uh, the schedule like Homewood is always a blast to go to being in Philly, being in the backyard for, you know, a playoff game is always fun. Um, So I'm looking forward to that 2022 schedule and I'm just looking forward to more NLL lacrosse fingers crossed things, you know, continue to, to keep on chugging along and, you know, kind of looking forward to uh, some guests in 2022 and DJ, we're kicking off the new year. For the people, the real ones that listen all the way through, this is why you listen, because we tease things at the end. Next week's pod, first of the year, we're recording this interview in 2021, but you're not going to hear it until 2022. Inception shit, baby. Um, We are going to be sitting down with a legend 
He's also a podcast host. And uh, we're going to be kicking it in the back of the bird with Paul Dawson to kick off 2022. DJ and I were like, can we get a guest this week? And we tried to scramble for one this week um, with the cancellations and everything. But, you know, we said, let's wait. We'll, we'll wrap up 2021 in style with just us. And in 2022, we'll kick things off with a, ba- a big-time bangy of a guest with a legend for the Rochester Nighthawks, Paul Dawson. So excited. You know, this one's going to brag a little bit. Shout out to me. You know, we were searching and searching, and we wanted to bring on a player. And Colin Squires had come up, which, you know, I'm not going to too much. But I absolutely love Colin Alleged Squires. future guest of, of OTB. Don't you get it twisted. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then I was like, you know, what about – back to the bird like how about we you know hit up those guys and see what we can do and ended up working out so i'm excited for that and things even worked out a little more in my favor so i'm excited for that and um i forgot to mention but i really want to see lacrosse come back to the midwest even if it's you know just the nll saying yeah we're gonna bring a team back maybe not this year but in a few years or you know the pll actually stopping by and one hitting Chicago. Chicago would be fantastic to go to. Um, wouldn't mind them coming back to Columbus. Detroit would love, love it. Columbus. Like begging, begging Columbus, please. Because went to Columbus for the playoffs in 2019. I have a ton of friends that live in Columbus. So it is like a double trip. And my friends in Columbus, you would vibe with them so well. So to have that world collide in Columbus would be elite and DJ I know you're a big food guy Columbus is the home to the best barbecue you will ever have the homies my friends they own a barbecue place in Columbus legacy smokehouse I kid you not I yearn for it every day because it is the best barbecue I've ever had in my life need to go back PLL if you're listening like we know you do, put Columbus back on the schedule because I will be there. I will drive the eight hours again like I did in 2019 to Columbus and make that shit happen. I'm kind of upset we didn't meet then. It's kind of crazy that we were both it's in that It's wild that we were there. No clue. I, w- I was there with my teammates, and uh, we all enjoyed that. That was a lot of fun. And you were there with the homies and, you know, doing the OTB thing. I really wish – we had come across then it'd be so different that was a weekend i got asked to sign a navy lacrosse helmet (laughs) and i said you are out of your mind i'm not signing your dad's navy lacrosse helmet i am a nobody this was in 2019 like nobody knew who the hell i was see you have respect you said no they asked me to sign them hands in salt lake and i grabbed a sharpie immediately see now i would have signed hands and all that i was not gonna this was a game used helmet it looked like i was like ain't no way i'm ruining that value i don't even care i would have went home like hey they thought i was a real player and had me sign the helmet (laughs) i don't even think they thought i was a player they probably thought i was like rj's assistant or something it don't even matter i would have signed that thing Yo, you saw them them crochet RJs that he got made? Yeah. We need some crochet OTBs. That'd be fire. <laughs> right? I'd be kind of scared of it, but that'd be fire. <laughs> Let's give us some mics in hand. <laughs> Those things are sick. Um, but, yeah, there's a lot to look forward from OTB in 2022. 
And it all happens because of you guys, the best goddamn podcast listeners on the planet. So be sure to be a friend, tell a friend, and uh, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at OTBLaxPod. Let's get to 1,500. Let's get to 1,500 followers before the end of January. Like, I know it was a difficult task to get there before the new year, but let's get to 1,500 before the end of January. Uh, follow DJ at SCS underscore next great. Follow me at KBICCL311. And before I continue doing all the business stuff, I want to let everybody know, unfortunately, it just does not make sense for us uh, to go to LaxCon this year. So we will not be there. It's in Baltimore. There's a Wings game in the afternoon that Saturday. Doesn't make sense for me to go to Baltimore for just the Sunday and like going Friday and driving back. It's a lot. It's just, it doesn't make sense for me to go obviously it doesn't make a lot of sense for dj to go either being in michigan to go to baltimore for a weekend um but once lax comes back in philly or somewhere with an nll game that weekend that makes a lot more sense we'll be there or if it's on a weekend in baltimore that makes a lot more sense no wings game in the afternoon type deal where i can get back to go cover the team because that's obviously first priority um so we will not be at LaxCon 2022 but in the future, LaxCons will be there. We were obviously at LaxCon 2020, and that was the last like big-time event we did before the panorama. But uh, LaxCon will be on the table in, in future years for us. So uh, just not this year. It just doesn't make sense for us. But everybody who is going, please enjoy. Uh, send us pics. Send us postcards. Uh, and we'll see you in future LaxCon years. Check out the website, undergroundsportsphiladelphia.com, for all of our written content. And uh, subscribe, 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 subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you want from OTB in 2022. Maybe you have ideas that haven't even crossed our brains that we could potentially make happen. If you leave it in the podcast reviews, one, we'll read them on the show. Two, we'll take it into serious account because we know you're a real one. Uh, leave them there. Tweet ideas at us. DM us ideas as well. Uh, Apple podcast reviews, leave them because we need them. Helps more people find the show. Fixes our little fucked up ratio from the losers who came through to leave one star uh, ratings a couple years ago like a bunch of buffoons. Uh, remember, losers never win. Uh, and now Spotify users, we know there's a lot of you out there. Spotify, you can leave those five star ratings, guys. Blow up our Spotify ratings. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And you can check us out wherever you get your podcasts uh, as well. we got some big things coming, too, for more additional platforms in 2022. So stay tuned for that. Uh, shout out to the sponsors, the sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. Get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com with promo code USP. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get those vodka soda party packs to ring in the new year. The stateside way, statesidevodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And Kenwood Beer. Go to kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. you got to be 21 or older to do so. And, of course, please drink responsibly. Everybody have a happy, safe, healthy New Year's Eve. And going into the new year, be responsible. Be smart. Get this is a this is an homage to to Mr. Tone Diggs from the Pat McAfee show. Feel free to get wild, but not too wild. I don't want to get too wild out there. Be smart, 
do the right things. Don't do anything me and DJ wouldn't do. Yes, we're giving you a parent talk right now. It's it's New Year's resolutions. Just listen to OTB. He's a little more of a parent than I am. So just, <laughs> don't do anything. I ain't nowhere close to being a parent. Fuck out of here with that. Just, uh, just, just saying, for him to say, don't do anything that I wouldn't do, that gives you a lot of things to do. He's he's the angel over here. I, I'm giving I, you some leeway to have some fun. I'm saying get wild, but not too wild. Have fun. Enjoy the new year. And uh, this has been... Episode. Oh, you know what else I'm excited for 2022? Finding out if we won a fucking award. Uh, <laughs> because this is episode 202 of the allegedly award-nominated Outside the Box podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, I'm KB. And until next year, we are signing off. Peace. You